Hey, Christy. Hey, Edith. What do you call a bear caught in a spring shower? What? A drizzly bear. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down. Hello, Gardener Christy. Hello, Gardener Edith. And oh. hello, gardeners everywhere. We're, we're like a community, aren't we? Yeah, gardeners are the nicest people, aren't they? I agree. I really think they are. They care about things, like growing things. Things They, they feel that plants are alive, even when they kill them. They feel <laughs> That's <bad>. right. <laughs> That's right. Sure. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> this week, uh, we're talking about lawns and lawn alternatives. It's a good time of year to do that, huh? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I've heard it said that when the forsythia stops blooming and your lilacs start blooming, it's a great time to turn your attention toward your lawn or your lawn alternative. And I think that's what this what we're at right now. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right because my lilacs, they're the, the faintest, tiniest purple right now. But yeah, me too. They're going to burst, right? Any, any day. And my forsythia, my beautiful forsythia yes. is in full bloom right now. That's, so, Oh, that's so great. Yeah. That, that that had a long, arduous road and journey. <laughs> and it made it. Did. It made it. Um, did you have a good World Naked Gardening Day, Edith? I did. I got an all-over tan. Oh, nice. Good. Yes. yes. Hope you wore a lot of sunscreen. No, I don't believe in sunscreen. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, sh- I made a huge mistake. I should never have been putting up barbed wire. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I made a mistake, too. I went in, and I had bacon for lunch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we've, we've both suffered. Notes for next year. Yeah. On World Naked Gardening Day. Hey, uh, how, how else is your garden doing, Edith? Well... Christy, this April has just not been kind. Oh, no. To, well, I, I'll start with my, what I believe are failures now. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of my spinach is up. None of it. None of my scallions are up. And I don't know why. And I've got like a paltry little tiny bit of radishes. Now, Edith, did you plant directly into the earth? Yeah. Interesting. Because I, for the first time, planted... Um, my spring veggies in winter sowing jugs, uh-huh. and they are all up. And I put them out into the vegetable garden yesterday. You did? Yeah. Well, I think later today, I know that I had, the romaine is ready to go. Oh, yes, good. But yeah, the direct sowing, the only things that are up are peas are up, onions from last year, onions from this year. I don't know if those onions from last year are any good. That's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. They're everywhere. Well, there's only one way to find out, I guess. Absolutely. I'll see. I'll, <laughs> the uh, Marvel of the Four Scenes Lettuce, my renegade, I already made, I have so much that I made a salad out of the thinnings plus dandelion leaves. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It was delicious, Christy. Oh, nice. I should make sure, I should be saving all the dandelions I'm pulling up. I'll save you my leaves and bring them over to you. Oh, you don't have to. I have a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really do. I have quite a bit. I pruned roses. You you said yes. Mother's Day was a good time. It's close enough to Mother's you Day. You know, I think Mother's Day is actually, in our zone, Edith, a little late. 
I always make a note to myself uh-huh. that I do it on Shakespeare, around Shakespeare's birthday. Oh. So end of April-ish is when I do it. Okay. So I did I did miss the, the best time by a few. Yeah, but now now for our zone. You know, end of April, early May. Okay. Well, it was, it was a few days ago. But then to make up for that error, um, I found this article that said, if you cut up banana peels, how much roses love potassium? I've heard that too. So I did that. Nice. I, I put that all around my roses. Do you remember I said that I transplanted three raspberry canes that a friend gave me and they all died? Yes. One is not dead. Ah. Yeah. So the garden have, forgave you. <laughs> it did. I have one raspberry plant. Nice. Yes. And maybe you'll might just get like one raspberry. You better, you better enjoy that raspberry. You better just yeah, like. I better. And um, horror of horrors again. I killed my rosemary. I did. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure it's oh, dead. No. Yeah. No, it was just alive a couple weeks ago. I know. It was inside? It was inside. Yesterday I put it outside and I'm like, wow, this is like planting a stick. Yeah. Well, I'll say this about my rosemary. Yeah. Is that I would say it is half dead. You left it outside. I Mine is outside in the earth. And every time it got super cold, yeah. like under 20, I yeah. would wrap it and cover it. Okay. But then we had that cold snap. In early April, wasn't it? Yes. Edith? Yeah, I think and so. I just wasn't looking at the weather. I and I wasn't paying attention because I'm thinking like it's not going to be. I just stopped paying attention, and it so half of it is brown and dead like, but then there is a half green part. Aha! Uh-huh. Which means you can cut the dead part off. Yes, right? yes, yes. Oh, so man. it is. You could call it either half alive or half dead, depending on if you're a it pessimist is. or an optimist. <laughs> it's a half alive. It's half oh, alive. Edith. And- oh no! I'm gonna have to. We'll have to get a new who killed Rosemary. Ugh. This is now. Now there's a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, <it's> definitely <laughs> a serial killer. Now, now, now there's a track record. Oh no! Yeah. Edith. Oh. I know. I'm just gonna leave it out next year and do what you do and try to pay attention to the weather. You know, yeah. Which when it when you get busy, it's really hard to do that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, in the winter it's easier though because you. I think you we pay more attention. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. we do. Oh, yeah. Man. Okay. Well, I have been away. I've been away visiting family in the beautiful state of Arkansas. Uh huh. And um, what was so interesting about that is, boy, is that a nice zone, Edith? Because that's Zone Seven. That's the be- everybody out there who lives in Zone Seven. Yeah. We are so jealous of you and our Zone Five B land because, of course, everything is super green. Everything was in bloom. Oh, I bet and it was my, so beautiful. My wonderful sister-in-law, Linda. Um, had bought a house there on this beautiful lake. And so she had, you know, inherited this garden. And it was a master gardener who used to live there. What so, luck. I mean, what luck. Just amazing. Wow. Well, and guess what? what? There's a little vegetable garden there. And so what's interesting about what this woman did beforehand, and now Linda's going to do this herself, is that she did straw bale gardening. And no I think we've talked, we've talked about it before, but I had never really known too much about it. I think we should do an episode about it because it looks so interesting. Agreed. Agreed. And so we got her some little plants and we planted them. And so she's got a couple peppers, some cucumbers, and a tomato plant. Like and just bet, enough to get her started. I bet it's so pretty, too. I did, it's oh. just pretty. The colors. Yeah. Like a painting. Yeah. I love when we do episodes when we're in, we have personal experience. True. That's the best. Yeah. Well, so definitely. Definitely. that's what I did. And I didn't know quite how to do it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, she had a really great book about it. 
And but you do need to put soil inside the straw, mm-hmm. which was interesting. And you have to condition the straw too, which I did not know that. Okay, either. well, we'll, well, there's another episode for us. Yeah, Perfect. Perfect. yeah, it was interesting. And it was of course great to come home to see everything, um, so happy and alive. So all well, you my miss, oh, you missed the rain. Were you gone when we got all yeah. that rain? Yeah. yeah, everything looked amazing. My iris are in bloom; they're starting to bloom, and uh, it's coming up. You know, of course, this episode drops the tenth, but we'll be. Uh, May 8th is Iris Day, National Iris Day. And I think I'll have a lot of iris in bloom, which is always oh, that's wonderful. very nice. And my um, my choke cherry is in full bloom. I think you probably saw I it. Saw and that. Did you smell that so tree? Pretty. Uh-huh. Make sure before you leave that you just go underneath that and just smell it. It was it just smells so wonderful. Okay. So amazing. Um and um and in addition to planting my spinach and my lettuce, I also planted Romaine, I planted my shallots, carrots, broccoli, cauliflower, and cilantro, all winter sown. I put them all in the ground. Wait a minute. You winter sowed shallots? Uh-huh. Wow. I know. I will see how they turn out that I transplanted them. I also winter sowed carrots, Edith. And so I you know, put them, p- uh-huh. picked them up in the little hunko seedlings method. Yeah, so yeah. I just kind of broke up the jug. And also, folks, if you are doing, if you're taking things out of the winter sowing jugs, don't water them beforehand. Otherwise, if there's not a good root structure, they'll just fall apart in your hand. So it's okay for them to be a little dry when you plant them. I think it's easier. Good I, reminder, Christy. I broke off little hunks and I planted them in and they looked okay today. So we'll kind of see. Okay. And I think this is the weekend I'm going to start doing, um, going to get buy some tomato plants. Question here. Yes. I also bought some shallots, uh-huh. the bulbs. Uh-huh. And I was going to look up how to plant them because it's been years. So oh, I tell didn't me do, how you I did didn't do bulbs. I did seeds. Oh, you did seeds? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then you know, I will look like green onions, you know? Yeah. Which I have no luck with. So. Well, we'll I'll let you, we'll see how it goes. I also did something kind of interesting, Edith, because I saw this on Facebook um, in one of the gardening groups I belong to. And they had um, gotten on the wait list at the Colorado Extension Office for the bindweed mite. I've just heard about this too. And I signed up for it. I've signed up for it in the past and never heard anything about it. But I think that was like maybe 10 years ago. Uh But I signed up. They will contact me if, you know, they're available. And it's like $35 to get this little bug that... And I think what I get is I think I, they give, actually give you bindweed with this bug on it. So you actually have to plant bindweed, <laughs> if you can believe that. But there were some people on this chain who said it worked for them. And wow. maybe it's the same deal as, you know, the nematode for Japanese beetle. I do not know. We'll see. But um, I'll, I'm really interested. You, should, I'll, I'll, you know what? Let's put a link in our show notes for people to get this and they live Mm -hmm. in Colorado. And then maybe if you live in another state, folks, you can look at your own extension office if you have a problem with bindweed because extension offices are selling this little mite. That's so perfect. That's what they like to eat. One more thing that I read. Uh uh, April was a dry month, which is not great for the garden, but it's great for not letting uh, Japanese beetles multiply under the soil. that is good. So we may have less this year because of our April. Let's find out. Ending on good news. Yes. Well, uh, folks, if there are words or terms you're not familiar with, you can check out our funny and informative Upside Down Dictionary on our website. 
And we also have fun things on Facebook. Woo! And Pinterest. All right! And Instagram. Yay! <laughs> and we're bringing back a really, some really fun pod plays for this episode. Um, everybody loves the character that Edith created and wrote called Antelope Tuomi. The Poet Laureate of Wyoming. So enjoy mm-hmm. some Antelope Tuomi. It's mandatory. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> mandatory. That will be $20.19, please. There you go. Thank you. Please take your seat. Excuse me? Your seat for the poetry reading. Uh, Oh, thank you, but I don't have time. It's mandatory. Mandatory? Yes. It's Antelope's Feed and Poetry, is it not? Yes, that's the name on the store, but I don't... You have bought feed. Now you must listen to the poetry. Could I just not say I did? You're going to make me cry. Is that what you want? No, no, oh my gosh, no. Don't cry. I'm just going to take my seat <laughs> right now. Look, look at me, I'm walking. Thank you. Well, I better call my husband. Hi, honey. I'm going to be a little late. I'm at a mandatory poetry reading. Did you know that was a thing? I didn't. Anyway, I don't know how long it'll be or how long it'll last or when it'll even Hello. start. Oh, okay, it started. It looks like the register person is also the poet. Okay, gotta go. But I'm going to record this for Upside Down Tulip's podcast. I am Antelope Tuome, the poet laureate of Wyoming. I had no idea Wyoming had a poet laureate. She certainly looks artistic. She's wearing a hat brim on her head. No hat, just a brim. I will now recite one of my original poems. The crowd is a little fidgety. None of us, it seems, expected we would be in the audience for a poetry reading. The name of my poem is Delia and Chad, A Romance at the Feed Store. Okay, I'm keeping an open mind. Delia walked into the Payless Feed Store, strutting her stuff like her hips were keeping score. Her multitudinous breasts out of her bodice almost popping. She ran into Chad, who was fertilizer shopping. Chad felt like he'd been hit with a swiveling flamethrower. In the biblical sense, he knew he had to know her. He was tall, hairy-chested, and his eyes were lean. He looked into Delia's eyes, a sparkling snot green. Their fingers touched as they reached for the seeds, and they knew that each one had what the other one needs. Both held tight to the last packet of Swiss chard, and both found that letting go was very, very hard. Delia found Chad to be much like Prince Charming. Even better, she thought, that he made his living farming. For Delia had a garden and also raised chickens. Would Chad be her rooster? He was hotter than the Dickens. Their breath slow and heavy, their thighs postulating, The question at stake, shall they then be mating? It's a romance novel, so they have to for sure, for the hero's a farmer and the heroine not quite pure. They pledged undying love on a burlap bag of barley, throbbing to the regaic beat of the whalers and Bob Marley. 
And the crowd goes wild. Why, Antelope Twomey is the people's poet. Sort of a Dylan Thomas meets Popeye's olive oil. I had to ask Edith what she would think of having her on Upside Down Tulips. Oh no, the chickens got scared out of their coops. This is not good. If I don't make it out alive, tell my handsome and handy husband I love him and tell Edith to use more puns. People love puns. Excuse me, pardon me. Oh dear, oh my gourd. Hi, we're back. So we're going to talk about lawns and lawn alternatives. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lawn and Edith does, does not. not. I do not. And so first we're going to talk about uh, how to have an organic, healthy lawn. And then mm -hmm. we'll come back later on and talk about alternatives to having a lawn. And, uh, you know, growing up in Minnesota, Edith, it was easy to have a healthy lawn. Was it? Because it just, it rains so much. It's mm -hmm. a land of 10,000 lakes. And I think this is true for a lot of people who live in the east or places around the Mississippi River, places with a lot of natural rainfall and plenty of water. And when those people moved to the West, they brought with them this certain aesthetic yes. of having a lawn. It also used to be a status symbol in like the 1800s oh, in wow. Europe well, to mm -hmm. have a lawn. Um, and uh, if your choice is to have either concrete or bare soil, a lawn is better to have than that because I have a lawn. To agree with that? Yeah. yeah. A lawn, you know, can prevent erosion. It can improve flood control. Um, it can have a cooling effect. That lawns can be thirty-one percent cooler than asphalt, and twenty percent cooler than bare soil. Well, any anything that's green, folks, is going to be better than something that's concrete or plastic or. Bare dirt. Yeah. And if you have, and it also depends, I think, on your lifestyle, too. Like if you have children and pets, you know, who mm -hmm. want to enjoy a lawn or enjoy the outdoors or if that's how you like a visual appeal, we're going to share with you some things that we've learned along the way about how to have a healthy, organic lawn. Um, and by that, mm -hmm. you mean don't have people come in like and, and shove fertilizer down it? <laughs> Is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, how do you create a healthy lawn? I think one of the things I've seen people do the most is mow incorrectly. Mm. And usually what people do is they mow too short. I had a neighbor on this block whose lawn got a little unruly and they just had it one day and they mowed a lawn. They mowed it probably to within an inch of its life. So it couldn't shade itself. And it died. Oh, wow. And that's expensive, right? So yeah. really... The best thing to do is to keep your lawn mowed high, two to three inches, two at the bare minimum, but three is even better because then, right, it can shade itself. Yeah. And it's nice to lay on when it's three uh -huh. inches high. It creates a nice, it actually creates a little habitat mm -hmm. when it's a little higher. Did you know that grass can remove six tons of carbon dioxide per acre per year in our atmosphere? That is so good to know. It's that's really good to know. So, mm -hmm. um, so if you're mowing out there right now, mow Always mow high. It might mean you have to mow more often. In Minnesota, that means you're mowing two, three times a week, I Are think. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Mow high. Mow high. Um, also good to leave your grass clippings on the lawn. 
people will often scoop them up. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, they have these mulch mowers. And so it'll chop the grass clippings into fine, fine little elements. And what they do is they will decompose into the soil and they'll provide nutrients and eliminate the need to add chemical fertilizers. I actually, oh, see, that's so great. I actually see lawn companies that come in, they will mow my neighbor's lawn and they have a bag attached. Mm -hmm. And then they take the bag away rather than leave it on the lawn mm -hmm. or give it to me for my for my uh, compost. compost. Yeah, it's great for compost yeah. clippings. Of course, make sure that you haven't put any pesticides on it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. That's bad for your mulch pile. Yeah. Um, another thing I think that it's good to know about lawns is be careful. You should overseed your lawn. I overseed my lawn maybe every other year, which means in the spring or in the fall, you grab some grass seed and you sprinkle it on your lawn. Um, nature abhors a vacuum. So if there's little patches in your mm -hmm. lawn, guess what's going to grow there? Mm -hmm. Dandelions, things, or bindweed. Yeah, things that you don't want. And yeah. so where you don't have grass, you'll probably have weeds. And you should also pick grass that's native to your area. That's such a good point. And I, let's put a link in the show notes, Edith, that will have a map about what grass seed is good for your the different parts of the United States. So you're talking about stuff that what, that is native to this. Yes. Like Kentucky bluegrass is not good for all parts of the United States. Uh -huh. I think mainly it's only good like in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, wow. Ironically. Yeah. Um, in our area, it's buffalo grass that is native to this area, which means that it doesn't need as much water and it'll be a lot happier plant. Well, that's so, so good to know. Uh, it's better to water deeply and less frequently. Now, that's good to know, too, because we have, once again, we have water restrictions, mm -hmm. like we do pretty much every single summer now. I don't yeah. really envision that ever stopping. Yeah, I don't. We're never getting out of that. Yeah, we're never going to get out of that. Um, and I don't think it matters where you live, but it's always better to water before 10 a.m. and after 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. It's just better use of water conservation. It's also nice to use a timer. You know, if you're just throwing a sprinkler and you're not having, I yes. think a timers have really helped me well, and save a lot of water in my lawn. You're supposed to too, because when I got my water schedule, we just got it. We just got it from Denver they Water. A couple they days suggest ago. this many minutes, yeah, and then move it. Yes, mm -hmm. depending upon the time of year. Mm -hmm. So uh, water deeply, but less frequently. Uh, aerating is always good way to have a healthy lawn, which is um, a way of like pulling out little plugs. Mm -hmm out of your lawn or making holes in it, which creates airflow yes. in your lawn. Um, I have a company that comes by once a year. I know some people that do it twice a year in the Colorado area. They do it in the fall also. Um, you could, But you can also buy little little machines that'll do it, or you can- um, Jump up and down on a pogo stick. Yes. Walk around with golf shoes. Yes, you get and they're And they're little like rolling things too uh -huh. that you can get that will aerate your lawn and give it some- area. And in addition to that, it's about raking and uh, dethatching. You know, I don't know how much one really needs to dethatch if you have a healthy lawn, but a good hard rake. It's like giving your lawn a massage, you know, or who doesn't like a good back scratch? When you say dethatching, yeah. now, I don't have a lawn, so I really don't know. Yeah. Do you mean like when it gets uh, dead grass? Or yeah. Do you mean I mean, all lawns are going to have a little bit of it. So, okay. Um, and I think this is also about allowing a little imperfection in your lawn, too. Okay. Um, I had my lawn dethatched when I first moved out here. If you remember, this is one of my top <gasps> 10 favorite gardening mistakes yes. from episode one. Yes. Where I didn't know I had bindweed. So as a result, what the dethatching machine did was it chopped up all the bindweed, 
like the Sorcerer's Apprentice when Mickey Mouse chops up that broomstick and all of a sudden he had thousands of it. Mm-hmm. And it took me uh, – I still have bindweed in the lawn, yeah. but not yeah. – uh, yeah. but it took me like a good 10 years to get on the upper hand of it. it. T- oh, my gosh, just to get on the upper so hand. So be careful yeah. about – do some more research yeah. if you're going to – if your lawn needs dethatching or not. But do this time of year. If you're – if your forsythia, if you see forsythia stop blooming and you see lilac to start blooming, give it a good, healthy rake. You know, like scratch its back. It, you know, give it a massage. That'll help it. Um, and, uh, of course, we encourage you to eliminate or minimize the use of fertilizers. Mm-hmm. One, by leaving the clippings on it. Or two, there are organic fertilizers. I use an organic fertilizer. I use the brand Fertilome. Yeah, it's a bit more expensive, but I'm not, but I'm putting an organic fertilizer, mm-hmm. not a man-made synthetic fertilizer. Because the synthetic will, will often not, will often hurt your soil. And it will often make a plant grow very fast meaning that it needs more water. Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And of course, the best thing to do about weeds is to pull them by hand. Yeah. Um, I have one of these little, I don't know what you call it, but it's a little tool. It's um, it's not a little tool. It's like kind of tall, but you jump on it, you step on it, and it will grab the dandelion and then uh-huh. release it and pull it up. That sounds fun. And my handsome and handy husband loves to do it. He loves to walk around Does and just he? pull them up. <laughs> on Naked Gardening Day? <laughs> He was the talk of the neighborhood. I bet he was. (laughs) And and so if you follow these practices, there's no reason why you can't have a healthy lawn that is environmentally friendly to the if it's if if a lawn suits your lifestyle. Of course, I keep scooping away my lawn bit by bit and making more garden. I did a bunch last year. I'm gonna do a bunch this year, uh, scooping more of it away Mm -hmm. and adding more things. Yeah, it's looking good out there. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about alternatives to a lawn. But first, here's another antelope tuomi in celebration of forsythia blooming. Nice. Birdseed, got it. Chicken manure, got it. I'm so glad I found out how good chicken poop is for the garden. Now, if I can just leave before the poetry reading begins... All right, everybody. The poetry reading is about to begin. Take your seats. Oh, no. I really don't have time for this. I gotta get home and weed the garden and feed the birds. Maybe if I kind of hide behind this big bag as I sneak out? Excuse me. You, behind the sack of moving chicken manure, take your seat, please. I would love to, but I have things to do. It's mandatory. Mandatory? Yes. The sign on the store says it's Antelope's Feed and Poetry, is it not? Yes, that's the name of the store, you but... You I... have bought bird seed and chicken poop. Now you must listen to poetry. Okay. Hello. I am Antelope Tuome, resident poet and poet laureate of Wyoming. This poem was written by Chad, whom I immortalize in my poem, Delia and Chad, Romance at the Feed Store. Love has made Chad a simple farmer into a poet and lover of fleurs. His poem is entitled, Forsooth, O Forsythia. 
This does not sound promising. Forsooth, oh, Forsythia, Forsythia, Forsooth, so gold and so gay once, now long in the tooth, so bright and so yellow in March's dull grey, now April's acumen, you're fading away, still trying, but tattered, like smiling through grief. I'll miss your glad blossoms when green grows your leaf. Still trying, but tattered, like my soul I fear. Forsooth, oh, Forsythia, please come back next year. Thank you, Chad and I. Thank you. Oh, my God, I'm crying. Still trying, but tattered like my soul, I fear. That was really beautiful. So moving. I wonder if there's a second show. Encore! In real life, sack of chicken poop-toting woman, there are very few encores. Today there shall be none. The store is closing. Go home, gardeners, poetry lovers, and those who snuck in because they needed to use the restroom. Go home! And always be lovely. Always be lovely. I'll try, Antelope. I'm going home and I will grow things and untatter my soul. Ooh, untatter my soul. That's very good, isn't it? I'm a poet and a gardener. And I have to pee. Oh dear, I better get home ASAP. Next time, she gets an encore. Hello, you're entering the alternative lifestyle arena for lawns. <laughs> Right, it's the Christy? multiverse, yeah. The multi we're in the multiverse. <laughs> Alternate reality. Because there's a multitude of choices if you don't want a lawn. Yeah, right? and there's lots of reasons to not have a lawn. Yeah, and I look around my neighborhood. More and more people are choosing not to have grass. You know, one of my favorite things, I don't do this, but one of my favorite things across this is xeroscaping. Yes. With um, bushes and uh, flowers and Rocks, you know, rocks that keep in the moisture. Yeah, plants that require little to no moisture once mm -hmm. they get established. Yes. I think sometimes people make that mistake with saying, oh, it's xeroscopic. I'm just going to stick it in there. And then they're mad when the plant dies. Oh. Well, you got to water it to get it. Very good, Christy. Very good <laughs> First reminder. <year>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the most beautiful yards I've ever seen were in New Mexico where they yeah, I love almost, that. oh my God, it's gorgeous what they do with the succulents. Yes. Hens and chicks, both, we both have hens and chicks. What a beautiful thing they are. And they, they multiply. I have your hens and chicks in my yard. Yes, because you can just pick one up and <laughs> take it four blocks away, give it to your friend, and she sticks it in the ground. Yeah. And it lives. Yeah, that's a, that's a great alternative. In fact, that's kind of what I'm doing as I'm scooping away more and more on my lawn uh -huh. is I'm just extending my xeroscopic perennial garden and adding more plants Excellent. that don't need as much water. Because you will save water if you are not watering a lawn. Yeah. And, and, you will, and always, you will be attracting all kinds of pollinators. Which is awesome. Which is just awesome. Now, my neighbor to the north of me, Mark and Stephanie, they have their entire front yard and also the hell strip, what we call between the sidewalk, is, is with basket of gold. Oh, ground covers. Yes, ground, which is an Elysium, right? Yes. Right now, it, it must look so beautiful from like a helicopter because it's... <laughs> Blooming yellow, beautiful, beautiful, sunny yellow all over. That is so nice. There are a lot of other types of ground covers you could put in place of a lawn too. 
Well, that I have a lot of them. So um, bordering all around, I've got a big oak tree and things grow under there. Something is grows under there that I don't know what it is, but it's a pretty purple flower. That's all I know. Is it like a vinca vine, you think? No, it's not. a No, no, oh. it's tall. Oh, it's tall. Okay. It's really tall. And but it's not creeping bellflower. It's not. Oh, <laughs> okay. no, no, thank goodness it's not creeping. Although I have enough of that. That could be a ground cover all by itself if you don't mind, you know, everything being strangled by it. But anyway, one of my favorite things is leadwort, blue leadwort. It is so beautiful. It grows to be about, how high is this, Christy? Six inches? Yeah, about six inches high. And it has these beautiful blue flowers that come out in the summer. In the fall, it, the leaves turn deep purpley red. Ooh. So it changes. Don't you love things that yeah. change? Yes. So I have that along the border. And that has been just creeping along by itself. I bought one plant years ago. And it's doing all the work for me now. And what's the maintenance on it? Do you have it to- needs almost no water? It doesn't nice. need much of anything. And in spring cleanup, you don't have to worry about getting rid of old plants or no. Oh, sometimes nice. no. Well, you know, I don't. Maybe I just don't do that. But sometimes I go and I'll take some dead plants away. But if you don't do it, it does it by itself. I've noticed that with my vin- I have areas of my garden that are covered in vinca vine, mm-hmm. which just continues to grow. Now it's growing in areas I don't want it to grow, of course. Of so course. I'm yanking it out. But it's all blooming. It's blooming right now with purple flowers. And it, I don't need to go in there and do any maintenance to it at all. It I, just, have, I have the same thing. It does itself. The, the only thing I do is I pull it out because it will take over. <laughs> It is so vigorous. And it's interesting, too. It's one of those things. It grows under my two linden trees. Mm-hmm. It gets no sun. Ooh. Healthy as can be. It grows in full sun. It's like it won't stop. Oh, that's great. And it has those little blue periwinkle flowers on it. Love it. So that, along with the blue leadwort, and then I have creeping flocks. Yeah. That's a beautiful, is it oh, like pink? Yes. It's a pinkish purple. Yeah. And it's starting to cascade over. It kind of cascaded, I, which I didn't know it I love that do. too because it softens brick walls or- Yes. Yeah. Creeping. And and, and, it, and even when it's not in bloom, it's, it's a nice green color. It's a really pretty thing. And the other thing that I have, and I'm saying this because it's such a beautiful combo, is creeping thyme. Yeah. Which has the little tiny purple flowers- so now I've got three shades of violet Ooh. in full bloom. And then when the iris come in a week or so, it's it's going to be so beautiful. And the lilacs, everything then is purple. And here and there is an elysium from the neighbors. The seeds have blown in. Great. Purple and yellow. Nice combo, right? And I even think like that creeping time, you can walk on that. Yes, and you won't you damage can. it. And on Vinca, my God, you could stomp on it and you won't damage it. You know, it. we could put a link in the show notes about this too because I get High Country Gardens. Yeah. And they sell creeping time plugs. Really? And so you could buy a huge flat of them. And What a great idea, Christy. And High Country means even for our listeners from higher elevations. Yes. Oh, that's a that's a great idea. Yeah. And it's good for like, you know, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, New Mexico. I think it's based in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Wow. So it's that whole kind of Rocky Mountain region. Mm-hmm. You, so I also, I so I did a little bit of research because I wanted to know a little more than just what I had. Uh, cat mint. Cat mint as yes. a ground cover. I That's great. I have a ton of cat mint. I do too. I can't stop it. 
right? I'm constantly giving it away. Yeah. yeah. I just pull it out because <laughs> there's just so much. But it is a good, that is a really nice, it's a, in, in, especially if you have the kind, I think it's called like Walker catmint. Yeah. That it's, it can stay rel- relatively contained too. So it doesn't get all crazy. And it That's gets a good the variety. purple flowers, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, it's just, it's really pretty. So let's talk about, for a second, let's talk about artificial turf. And or artificial grass. That's two different things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I so I Googled this. I Googled, is artificial turf toxic? Oh. And it came back and the suggestion was, are artificial turf toxic? That's fine. Okay. And here was, <laughs> that's not right, but it's fine. Here was the answer. So the question is, are artificial turf toxic? The answer is no. Synthetic turf fields made with crumb rubber infill, rubber infill do contain chemicals that have been shown to cause cancer. I'm going to read that again because you look stunned and perplexed as I was. Is it toxic? No. Synthetic turf <laughs> fields made with crumb rubber infill do contain chemicals that have been shown to cause cancer. So I guess try to find an artificial turf that doesn't have that kind of rubber. Maybe there's different kinds. Well, it, Christy, that this is sentence weird. is is so contradictory in and of itself. It's is like that, a, what's what was the source on that? Did you um, is it on Reddit? <laughs> no, I no, I never oh. go on Reddit. Okay, I don't even know what that is. You oh, know okay. me. No, the prob the problem is that it doesn't want to give information. It seems so. It gives confusion. Confusion. Well, that'd be interesting to find out more because I have seen. People like in Arizona who have, what they do is they mix artificial turf uh-huh. with real plants. Really? And it looks really nice. Okay. I did do more research oh, okay. though. Okay, I did. good. Okay, It great. says, now lab tests by the Public Employees for Envir- Environmental Responsibility, or PEER, and the Ecology Center show that both the grass-like blades and the backing of artificial turf contain the highly toxic fluorinated chemicals known as PFAs. Oh, you know PFAs, that what they yeah, call yeah. the forever chemicals. So grow grass if yeah. you have to have grass. If you, if you, yeah. yeah, do not do but, not but, do artificial turf. Better to have grass. I mean, they make soccer players and football players play on this. And children at Wheat Ridge High School down the street. And children at Wheat Ridge High School. And these yeah. things, all nearly all Americans' blood is polluted with PFA chemicals. It's been linked to lower childhood immunity, endocrine. Oh, is that the stuff that's cancer? like in the in the in the nonstick pants? That's what that same stuff. Yes, I think oh, so. Oh, right. We all have that. Yeah, they're yeah. notorious. Yeah, and so so don't we don't recommend, folks. We don't recommend artificial yeah. turf. You know, you could always just plant um, ornamental grass instead too. Of course. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. So anyway, we're just. Uh, I mean, I like your idea of the the turf mixed in with. I think I like that, but I'm not positive because maybe it's just. Artificial grass, not turf. I don't know. I don't know. What's the difference between artificial grass and artificial turf? See, that's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) That shall remain. I bet it's the same thing. I bet it's the same thing. Unanswered. You're probably right. I bet it's the same thing. You're probably right. Yeah. Right. You know. But but ground covers, um, extending your perennial beds, putting down creeping times. You know, oh, you know what also is good, Edith? Moss. Moss. I love moss. I do. <laughs> and that is something you can walk on. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm, I don't know about what, like, 
how much water it needs, but I bet it needs less water than you think. Grass. Don't you think moss? Don't you think wet always moss? Yeah. Don't you think wet? No. Hmm? I, I do, know. but maybe grass needs more. Well, again, another unanswered same. question, folks. Maybe we'll answer <laughs> these at so. another time. Alternatives. To, <laughs> so here's to a healthy lawn or an alternative to your lawn. And if you have um, interesting ideas about what you do with your lawn, I hope you write it. Write, write to us about it. We want to hear about it. Yeah. If you know things we don't know, oh my gosh, we would love for you to tell us things. Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. Guess what time it is? Is it mailbag time? Ring, ring. Ring, ring. So... This week, we are reading a letter from our friend Chad from Denver. Now, friends, Chad is also the person who wrote the beautiful Forsythia poem that Antelope Tuomi read in our previous pod play. And I was curious about what the status was of Chad's Forsythia, forsooth. Yes, because you pulled yours through, right? Yes. And so I asked him, I said, Chad, how did your forsythia bloom this year? And he wrote us a letter about it. Not only a letter, but a poem, a sonnet. He writes, hi, Edith and Christy. My old forsythia actually made a comeback this spring. In fact, it started blooming around April 1st. A few at first, then it really got going. I guess this is due to benign neglect since mm -hmm. all I do every once in a while is throw some coffee grounds in there, which is, you know, that's interesting about plants, how huh? they can have a good year and yep. a bad year. Yeah. There's so many variables. They're like little individuals, yeah, you know, right, aren't yeah. they? He continues, we're also keeping our fingers crossed that our trumpet vine will flower again this year. She put out a few blossoms last season for the first time since we planted her about eight years ago. Wow. So he's patient. Um, but I'm so pleased about our forsythia. I'm geared up to write another poem in his honor. Okay. The poem is entitled Sonnet to April. And I love that he made forsythia a guy. You know? Yeah. And yet his trumpet flower is female. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> wow. You're interesting, Chad. Here we go. Sonnet to April. Last spring, our old forsythia looked bad. It struggled to put out a very few bright yellow blossoms, not the million two it used to. What a silent spring and sad. I thought then that my shrub did not have long, like poor old yeller in the Disney flick. My harbinger of spring had fallen sick. I too was heart sick, nor could sing no song. Was it old age or root bound? How to tell? Should I dig out her terracotta pot and trim her roots or add some mulch or not? Or simply shed a tear and toll a bell? So I did nothing, thinking she was doomed. Then yesterday glanced out my kitchen door, a miracle. My heart leaps up and sings. My old forsythia, young again, has bloomed. More blossoms than she ever has before. Oh, April, thanks for giving my heart wings. Chad Henry, 2022. That is just so beautiful. It's it's so, you can see in your head, right? You can see everything he's saying in your head. Thank you so much, Chad. And folks, if you have a plant that came back to life, we want to hear about it too. Or a poem, a letter, a, a, a joke, anything. <laughs> just, just anything. <laughs> so we know you're out there. That would be so nice. Where can people write to us, Edith? They can They can write to us, Christy, at uh -huh. UpsideDownTulips at Gmail. Or UpsideDownTulips.com. Two places, no problems. 
it's time for your inspiration of the week. Here we go. This is uh, by Anonymous. Be decisive. Right or wrong, the road of life is paved with flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's great, right? Oh, Anonymous, the most prolific writer of all time. That's right. Thank you, Anonymous. I thought that was really funny. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. We hope that you liked this episode. And if you did, if you got some laughs or value, could you do us a favor? Could you please hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcast? Yeah, we don't mean hit it hard. Just tap it lightly. Tap. Tap, tap. Thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want more, go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. Thank you to the many talents of our kind friend, Chad Henry. And thank you to our excellent and enigmatic engineer. Special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. And join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. Now don't you forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Good. Upside down to lips. Hey, Edith. Yeah. You forgot to tell everybody about how to hypnotize a chicken this week. That was a mistake. Will you forgive me? <laughs> yes. Will you forgive me if I do it, like, next time? I don't give a cluck. <gasps> <laughs> Folks, it's really interesting. Come back and listen to How to Hypnotize a Chicken. You never know when that's going to come in handy. Ah!